Okay, no one. Okay, thank you for um, agreeing to do my podcast with me. We've got Butterbean here, and um, I'm in Auckland, and we're gonna just. I'm going to get him to introduce himself and tell me a little bit about him and his story. But first, I just want to um, thank you for coming on here. And um, I wanted to get you on here because you inspire me heaps. And I found you through my husband. He's a big fan of yours. And um, he's a big Samoan fella. And he's resonated with your story. He, I wanted him to come today, but he had to handle business mm. in Melbourne. But... Um, Oh, hold on, my mic's not working. Oh no, that's yours. Sorry, that's right. Amateur here. Amateur. (laughs) It's all right, we're going. This is working. Yep, okay, cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My my, my name is Elena Key, and welcome to the Changing Lanes podcast. Going from a level to another level. This is, this is the, the, the Changing Lanes Podcast. Giving you the best, best, best. Polynesian. Polynesian. Here we talk about anything and everything. struggled like with his weight along the way and just like he's he's gained heaps of um just motivation from you and what you're doing with everyone and just I think what you're doing is awesome so I want you to just share a little bit about what you're up to and um where it started if that's cool if you just want to yep uh so my name's Dave Letelier aka the mighty brown butterbean um and I know where I started uh, my life's been a roller coaster um so many levels to my story which I think is why um, so many people are inspired by it because they can attach to different levels you know different parts of it mm-hmm. um, you know I was I come from a gang background my father was the, the president of um, a gang called the Mongol Mob here the Auckland chapter so I grew up in that um, environment and a lot of the things that um, I grew up around I just thought were normal uh, it wasn't until later on you know I, I realised they weren't you know I always say you know I joke now my first memory of the police was when they were raiding our house taking all our Christmas presents you know that's just what I grew up in and I'm not alone there's so many of us that are out there that that, that are uh, gone through similar stuff uh, my father was um, he was a bank robber and um, again, I joke about it now because I can, you know, looking back in hindsight, you know, this, that's what he did for a living. You know, other other mm. parents, kids have parents who are plumbers and doctors and my dad's job was a bank robber. Uh, and later on, he tried his hand at gardening and he was a gardener for a while, but he's just, what he was growing was illegal. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so that's where I come from. But mm. with me, I never used it as an excuse. Um, I really looked at it and I wanted to do better and I, I really used it to motivate myself. I done uh, really well in school and and also um, you know I'd done quite well in rugby league and I chased that dream for a while again using where I was from as an excuse um, there were some hiccups early when my father went away uh, he got caught uh, cultivating marijuana when I was 21 and it's a big difference you know when I was five and he got um, caught for um, the bank robbery I don't remember much of it apart from panic you know in my mum yeah. But when I was 21, I really um, understood the, the consequences and the repercussions for us as a family. And I was really angry at my father. And it was the first time in my life I went through some real dark times uh, when he went away. And uh, 
in that life, you know, for me, when I was looking at it, my father, he was the the top dog of our family and he was the one that was out there and my uncle, my, uh, you know, there was no other sort of man around um, stop the wolves coming in on, on my mum and my sisters. That's the way I looked at it. So I um, quit uni, I quit my job and I moved into my cousins living in a Timmy house and that's what I was doing. Living there with about 10 other guys in a house that had prepaid power. It was just a, just a scum, scummy house, you know, it was, it was really... Um, you know, wouldn't it was a bad place. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just, just um putting our prepaid power on. David, do you know what prepaid power is? It's basically like a prepaid phone, but you you buy your power. I didn't even know they prepay did it. it. Yeah, you prepay it. Yeah. So we're buying power twenty dollars at a time. So I'll leave <laughs> uh, I'll leave you your imaginations why it was twenty dollars. <laughs> but um that's what we were doing and um you know at all everything I had I thought I had to play a character you know, being this bad guy and, and going out there and doing stupid stuff and trying to get a reputation so that no one would um, dare come near my family while my father was away. That's was my, what my mindset was. And then it all culminated one night and I, I grabbed a, a knife out of the kitchen drawer and I put it through my chest, you know. Um, and it was a really t- tough time for me. And I remember in hospital and then my, my father came and he was um, prison guards, that, you know, because it was such a bad thing. They... they prison um, lets him come you let him come and have prison guards and I was still really angry at him um, and I, I, I'd been to uni and I'd done psychology and so when that stuff happens you get a, um, a shrink comes around to see you and I could mm-hmm. was able to talk my way out of that you know and just blamed it on alcohol I didn't I just, you know and I remember being on this doorstep of this tinny house in Mangere just being released from hospital and I thought man this is this is this where my life is you know surely I'm meant for more than this and as uh, there's been a few times in my life that I've had that uh, moment yeah. of clarity and I thought this just can't be it yeah, so, and then you know from that doorstep I, I got up and I did something about it you know and I went to Australia I was uh, not by choice I was told that I had to go there and live with family yeah. but I turned my life around you know from that doorstep I ended up playing rugby league all over the world and for North Sydney uh, I was signed with Manly played in France I chased that dream but from that doorstep you know and from the doorstep I ended up um, you know getting into my own businesses um, and, and doing quite well in business but um you know, I lost it all. I've yeah. done really well. And uh, I, I ended up losing everything just through some bad decisions in, in, in business. And it can happen that quick. Yeah. You know, if you're, as you know, in business, you know, a lot of the times, it's like when I see a homeless person, you know, and I, I always think how blessed I am. And then I think, geez, how many decisions, bad decisions am I away from being there? Mm. For a lot of us, it's not many, True. you know, there's not many bad decisions away from being out on the street. Uh, and that's where I found myself, um, lost everything and then started doing stupid stuff, which I'm not going to say because I've never been caught for any of these things, but um, <laughs> I just done some bad stuff that mm-hmm. I'm not proud of in the name of my children. And a lot of, and, and it was the first time as well, like um, having the kids and I could see where my dad was coming from. And just like a lot of other parents that are out there, uh, and it doesn't have to be crime. It can be working a hundred hours and not yeah. being around for your kids in the name of your kids and that's what it was for me I was justifying everything I was doing for my kids and all it ended up doing was taking me away from my children I ended up 
losing my, uh, not only losing my businesses, but losing my family. And that's how I wound up back here in 2014. Just a mess. 2014, I weighed, uh, as you can see, we're in South Auckland. <laughs> uh, I weighed 210 kilos. Uh, moved back here. I was living at my youngest sister's house on a single bed I couldn't fit on. Um, and again, I had that moment. I was looking up at this roof, couldn't fit on this bed. And I think, man, this can't be my life. Like, she's, this sucks, you know, yeah. like away. And I just couldn't believe how I'd ended up here. Yeah. I was going, how did I wind up stuffing everything up and winding up on the single bed without my family, with nothing, not one cent in my pocket and not knowing where the next meal or next paycheck was coming. I got up and I went for a walk at One Tree Hill and that's where my journey to weight loss and getting my life back started. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up with a guy called Dave Higgins from Duco Events, Joe Parker's promoter. Um who threw me on Joe Parker cards, and that's how I became the brown butterbean. He um, we're, he shouted me to Germany. He asked me, you want to come to Germany? This is February 2014. And I said, of course, oh, free trip. And he goes, well, you better train hard because um, I'm not paying for your business class. Yeah. So I trained really hard, and in April I went over to Germany. I had no idea how much I'd weighed I'd lost. I knew I'd lost weight because my clothes were fitting better. Yeah. But have you, you know, when you're on... When you're on a plane and you're hoping no one sits next to you, eh? Yeah, yeah. You hope, pray, you're hoping and praying no one sits next to you, especially not a big person. Well, I remember the Melbourne to Dubai league and there was only one seat left in the plane. And when I was walking down the aisle, I could see the, <laughs> I could see that person start sweating. <laughs> and we locked eyes and I was, it, was, it was just a look, look of horror. Yeah. He realised he's going to be stuck next to me for 10 hours or whatever it was. But um, got there and over in Germany at Joe's Wayan, they threw me on the, the scales because I was so, you know, I was so fat, you know. And the, the head of German boxing wanted to, it was like I was a sideshow. They dragged me through the crowd and they, we want to see what she weighs. So they chucked me on the scale and I weighed 178 kilos and everyone was shocked. Everyone was shocked, but I was happy because I just realized I'd lost, lost heaps weight, of weight. Yeah. And, it, you know, while I was up there, I was on a scale. I was going, I'll take on anyone. I'm the toughest man. <laughs> just what you see on YouTube, you know, yeah. just joking around. And that's when uh, Dave had the idea. I said, man, that's what you're going to do when you go back to New Zealand. We're going to, we want you to do that on Joe's cards yeah. and just play up, play the fool, uh, play a clown, be the circus. And uh, we'll see how it goes. And it got bigger than what we thought, uh-huh. but it also got me a lot of hate, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I jumped, uh, it was at Joe Parker, the first one I went on, I went on the on the scale and the scale said error. And everyone in the, in the gym was laughing at me. And I just said, I'm the toughest man in New Zealand. I'll take on anyone. And I, we're fighting in South Auckland. So I called out South Auckland and it just sent people crazy. They played it on Crowd Goes Wild and it just, people went nuts. I was getting death threats. Um, mm-hmm. You know, constantly people hated my guts and wanted to see me dead. All the while I was depressed, you yeah. know? So I was playing this, an alter ego, playing this character on TV, on Joe's cars, but I hated my life, you know, like it sucked. I was staying at that time at a, at a, on a mattress in a community home on the floor, you know, and crying myself every night. Didn't have my kids, wanted to drive into a pole every day. And the only thing that kept me from doing that was number one, my kids. And I felt okay when I was training. I forgot about it, but I forgot about how, how shit my life was. Mm. So I train all the time to keep my mind off it. And each fight I kept losing weight. And that's how I started the group BBM Motivation. I needed a private group where I could be myself because in public, 
on my all my other um, profiles, I had to be this real arrogant guy, yeah, and I was oh, talking yeah. about myself in the third person, like butter beans hungry, butter beans got to eat, all this stupid stuff. So in that group BBM motivation, I could be myself. And as people was, as all the hate mail I was getting was also I was getting a lot of messages from our people. What's the secret? How are you doing this? Because everyone wants to know what the secret was. Yeah. And I and the, but they're all shocked when I tell them, well, stop drinking fizzy drinks, eating rubbish, and start walking. They're going, nah, that can't be. <laughs> that's too simple. Yeah. Um, so I sent them all to this group, and that and that's how we started the group. One person now it's uh, twelve thousand members, private, still still private. Um, you know, we got this facility here. In South Auckland, uh, we started our first boot camp with five people out west, and now we get almost 2,000 people plus Man. a week come here. Uh, we just set up this HQ as our first um, of many, mm-hmm. where, but it's really just a safe place, a community hub where people can come, feel welcome, feel safe, and come and hang out, and um, no judgments. You know, that's a big difference with what we do. And that's uh, me in a nutshell. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's a lot to... I have heard, like, a lot of that before I was reading up about you too and just, like, been following you, obviously, and following your story. But um, what advice have you got for people who just struggle to believe in themselves because I feel like that's I know for me like obviously like I can relate to like weight loss and all that stuff and being a woman and dealing with that and then obviously I've got like people in my life my husband has struggled with it Mm. but just in general I feel like confidence is such a huge thing that we lack like Polynesians yeah we lack um, having and so what's your advice for that and like yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I feel know. like with the weight loss, you've got to have that initial confidence that you, to even believe in yourself to even try. Otherwise, you just kind of just like, oh, I'm useless, and you don't even try to like help yourself, kind yeah. of thing. Like, what's your advice for that? Yeah, it's it's, it's a problem with our people is that um, you know when I started, everyone was saying humble yourself, humble yourself, you know, um, and it's a difference yeah. between being humble and a doormat. You know, mm. you know, we can be humble, but still believe in ourselves and be confident. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Um, and all I say to people is when they're first starting, you just got to get around some good people um, that will always, you know, lift you up. And sometimes it can be hard at the start because, you know, I was alone a lot at the start, but you kept, I kept putting positive energy out um, and I started to attract those positive people. Um, and a, a lot of the times there's no magic thing you can say to someone to say believe in yourself but if you surround yourself with people who believe in you you know it it does make it easier and also it's something I talk about with finding your why you know finding your why Mm. and it sounds airy fairy but it works uh, if it's, if your wife's strong enough, you will do whatever it takes to push through anything, and it builds that builds resilience as you get as you keep getting through things. That's that's how you you know you build resilience and you start believing yourself. You get through one thing, you go, oh geez, I did that, you know, and you and yeah. you get stronger and stronger as a person. My why was my children, wanting to be here for them, wanting to be a better example, and um, you know, if you have a strong why, it can get you through anything. You know, yep. it can get you past the drive-through, not through it, <laughs> and it'll get you know, it'll get you up in the morning when you don't want to get up. Mm. You know, and, you, and you, it'll keep you working. You know, so it's really sh- having a strong why and surrounding yourself with good people um, who are there for you. Yeah, and um, another thing too, like I think a lot of us 
I mean, I'm just going to speak for Polynesians. I'm, I'm Samoan. We're Samoan. This is my cousin, Dushan. And, like, I think we were talking on the way here about how, you know, what we think is normal too. Like, we were actually talking about confidence too and about how um, it's normal for us to, like, mock each other, you know. Mm. And that's yep. how we all grow up, but how we don't realize how much that's affected us as we're adults yep. and how we hold ourselves back because we kn- we already know like we're going to get mocked or yeah. we're so worried yeah. about what people think. And um, you know how you said like surround yourself by good people, but like a lot of our family, uh, they don't even realize that they put us down. Yeah. But they you know, like, and I think just being aware of that, like understanding that yeah, I just think like when you're when you're so used to these people around you, you don't realise that mm. they're quite negative. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a it's 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 so um it's such a common thing for our people and yeah. you know where they're just constantly mocking yeah. each other in a joking way. Yeah. But then that still those words hurt still. Yeah. You know, and, and you might laugh, but it still gets to you. So that's something we're changing with our culture, you know. Yeah. In BBM, it's creating our own culture, and it's, um, you know, it's such a big group what we have here. And every now and then there'll be, you know, because it's all free, so people will come. Yeah. And I spoke to a lady who was really upset she got judged here, and I said to her, even in this amazing group, that will still happen. Yeah. Because it's just like life in the world. Someone's mm-hmm. still going to come here and judge you, and say something that's going to offend you, but they won't last in our group. You know, because our group's so positive and such an amazing, the core of our group is so amazing that people like that won't last or will change them. Yeah. And so with our family, you've just got to keep leading by example. Um, you know, you can choose you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. So you just yeah, continue to lead. No. You, you continue to lead by example and, yeah. you know, and, and they'll watch, you know, mm. and, and speak up. Just say, look, I don't I don't like the way that, we, you know, you're talking to me. Yeah. You know, and I, we don't, I don't tolerate it here. Uh, and it's something, especially with, uh, you know, most of our group is uh, Māori PI. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, uh, you know, it happened that a lot at the beginning and I just don't tolerate it. Yeah. You know, and whether I say something or I tell my team leaders to say something to that person or those people and, yeah. uh, and, then, and then we change. And if they don't change, then they don't last in our group. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, have you got any... <laughs> and... You know, another thing too is like I read about you too, how you're saying it's mindset mm. and all that. Have you got any insights on that or anything you want to share about how to help your, well, let's talk, you know, how you said that you were depressed and all that. Like, so for your turnaround, was that you just hit another rock bottom kind of thing? And was that like your way back up or like, what's your, cause I know like so many people who are just not at that rock bottom, but they're like living life depressed just mm. going through the motions and just thinking it's normal like we're not talking about it like um me and my husband actually were so we're we run make it pretty but we're now starting a second business we're gonna do men's clothing for bigger, bigger guys mm. because he's a bigger dude and he's always struggled to find clothing and um so first we thought it was a need but we really want to just do something that can help people feel better because for him like just a basic thing like finding underwear has been mm. a struggle mm. and um so we're getting into all of that and and um 
we've just been having a lot of conversations on like confidence in men yeah. because you know with women like we can go and get our nails done get our hair done it's like you know I feel like the generation now is all about like woman like womanhood and woman can do anything kind of thing but for men it's just I know my husband struggled I know like a lot of my family members have struggled with um, depression and all that and they don't I just feel like it's not talked about enough Mm. they're not safe enough to yeah you got to talk about it and it's that's for me I would you know I I was lucky I was I had some good people around me who I'd confide in and and still now today I I talk to people that are close to me about anything that's happening in life but for me it was um I always and I I said it the other day at boot camp you know don't when times get tough in life because life can be so cruel Mm. can throw so many curveballs at us um you know, don't turn to food, alcohol, or drugs. You know, turn to training because training will make you feel good. And it doesn't have to be real hectic, hard out training. It can yeah. be going for a walk in a nice, you know, with nice scenery. That's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you start, you know, you're always going to feel better after. You know, you, if you start eating right, just one good meal, you'll feel better. You know, you'll feel That's better true. about yourself. You go, geez, yeah, I'm on the way, you know. But if you keep beating yourself up and keep eating rubbish, that rubbish is going to make you feel worse about yourself. And mm-hmm. it's just a never-ending cycle, you know. And you just keep beating yourself up, beating yourself up. And all you need to do is take that first step and start. You yeah. know, if you start your journey by going for a walk, you know, have one healthy meal, you're going to feel way better about yourself. And then, geez, you, you start doing that. You start doing one week of that. You know, it's just multiplied. You start doing it, do a month, yeah. you know, and, you, and each time you keep, you know, building resilience, uh, you, you'll start meeting people out, you know, and you all of a sudden you've got a new circle of people that are all on that same journey as you mm-hmm. um, and are there, you know. And I, I read it the other day with a quote that said, you know, surround yourself with people. Uh, don't surround yourself with people who you love. Surround yourself with people who love you, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, geez, that was a... Uh, that made a lot of sense to me, you know, surrounding us, myself with people who love me, yeah. you know, so they're there for me. There's no other reason. And that's, if you see on my Instagram, it's always the same people I'm with, Yeah, you know, always the same. Oh, that, that's good. That's good advice too. Um, and so, um, what else did I want to ask you? Um, yeah, I just think that what you're doing is so needed in our community. Um, I don't think I don't know of any in Australia that's doing anything like that. Yeah, but I think it's there's Melbourne. There's uh, the Wolfstein. Oh, really? Wolfstein. Uh, they're they're, uh, they're pretty close to what we do. Good people. My cousin uh, trains out of there. He trains people there. So they're. I have to look that up. I'll make sure that's them. <laughs> it's either Wolfstein or Lions Den. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Wolfstein. Um, they're a, they're in Melbourne. And they're they're the, probably the closest people I know. Yeah, Wolfstein. Wolfstein at Wellness. Oh, cool. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, closest people to what we do. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. So what's your, well, where, where do you want to go with this? Like, what's your vision for this? Because I know you only wanted to help. Like, I think I read somewhere that you wanted to help just, for you it was good just to help one person. Mm. And then it just grew and grew. Yeah. And now you've got, like, how many people on your private Facebook group? And you're helping thousands. So where are you going to, you were saying before that this is going to be one of many, so you're hoping to open more? Yeah, BBM should be everywhere, whether it's a HQ in the town yeah. or not. But, you know, um, BBM needs to be everywhere because it's a solution to not just the obesity, but depression, everything that is around yeah. um, obesity, you know, and just 
feeling better. Um, it's a genuine solution and that's what we're working towards. I've got structure around me now because I'm not very structured. Yeah. I just sort of, um, you know, I built this up for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, you know, it's a genuine movement, you know, to, but then to be able to help more people, we need money. Yep. So to, ha- to be able to attract money and attract funding, you need structure around you because uh, going into these meetings and just saying, do you follow me on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work, you know, with the government. They want to, um, unfortunately, it's all about data. Yeah. You know, we've got some amazing data and um, the problem with the system, and I hate the system, the mm. problem is is that it's all driven by data and money. Yeah. You know, and the people who can write the best proposals are the ones who get the contracts. So that's what I had to make sure I surrounded myself now with people who can write good proposals. Uh, but uh, also, you know, we never forget our roots. Our roots is yeah. about helping people. Got the people. right intentions. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. As we get bigger, we are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And as the money starts coming in, we can never forget why are we doing this? And it's all about helping people. Yeah. You know, that's it. As long as we keep that core value, you know, we're never going to, we'll, we'll never go wrong. What do you think the main thing, um, the main change we need to make in our PI Māori culture? Like, what's uh, your so- insight on that? Yeah, there's so many things. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, our leaders need to lead by example. There's too many of our leaders don't, especially in health, you know, and I'm seeing a lot more of it. I know what it's like in Australia, but here I'm seeing a lot more of it in PI, um, you know, leadership. We're talking about health and none of them are healthy. You can't, yeah. how we, no yeah, wonder. we're all about food. Yeah, like yeah. everything's about food, but No wonder our people are in such bad, you know, 67% yeah. of P, our PIs here are uh, obese adults. Yeah. So 67, almost 70% of PI adults are obese, not overweight, obese. Yeah. And I think it's like 30% of our kids. But if you walk around <sighs> here in South Auckland, it's, it's a lot worse than that. Yeah. And it's a lot more than that. Um, so we're in some in a really bad way. But, um, you know, our leaders need to lead by example and they need to put our health because there is nothing else. Without our health, what do we have? Yeah. There's nothing. Exactly. You know, so um, lead by example. And again, you know, food is a, is, is a big part of our culture, but... It's not our food that's doing the damage. Yeah. People always say to me, oh, we should cut taro. Why? It's not, our ancestors ate taro. Yeah, you know, they the weren't processed. obese. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the KFC, it's the McDonald's, it's the chocolate, the fizzy drinks are the worst. You know, yeah. when I've gone to the islands, the f- everyone's drinking fizzy drinks. Yeah. You've got beautiful coconuts in the tree to drink. And mm. Everyone's dr- walking around with fizzy drinks. First thing I say to people is uh, when they want to start is stop drinking fizzy drinks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's killing They're our just, people. But we're just not educated, eh? Mm. Like... You know? Yeah, it's yeah a big part of its education, you know, like educating the, the parents. Edu- education, because mm. you know, like I don't know, for me, what we learn in school is rubbish mm. about health. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's hard. It is, it is hard for to take that first step, and we got to go. That's why our mantra is no excuses. You know, yeah. got to stop making excuses and get it done. Yeah, you know, for the sake of our um, for your your kids and our, f- our grandkids, the future generation. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, well, cool. Thank you so much for um, coming on here and sharing um, your story and um, love what you're doing here. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to cover. Was there anything else you wanted to share um, or any advice you want to give out yeah, there? Yeah, just finish with, um, you know, four tips that I give to everyone out there that's coming and starting their journey with us. And yep. it's the same, you know, first, the first thing I always say is just start because too many times our people will say I'll start tomorrow I'll start next week not just our people everyone yeah. I'll start in the new year 
you know. And I've met so many people in hospital, their family will message me on Instagram or Facebook and to come visit them and to help motivate them. You know, and a lot of them just didn't make it out. And I'll tell you, they would give anything. They would give anything for another chance to start, you know, yeah. to wind back the clock and just start their journey. So stop thinking and start. The next thing is once you've started is staying consistent. That's the next hardest thing once you've started because um, too many of us will start and then we're all about it. You know, it's 100 miles an hour, it's hashtag healthy living, training like we're a professional athlete, eating like we got a living nutritionist um, and it's just not maintainable. So yeah. to be consistent, you've got to start slow, build your foundation, foundations, make sure they're nice and strong and then start building on it. Uh, after that, you've got starts just starting, staying consistent, now surrounding yourself with positive people yeah. if you surround yourself with people that eat kfc all the time it's going to be very hard for you not to eat kfc now True. and it can be also drinking you know if you're going to surround yourself with people that just want to get drunk every day mm. it's going to be hard for you to, and it, and it, this journey is hard enough yeah. without having to constantly fight temptation and one of the guys we help phil phil who's um who's down almost 130 kilos now since he started with us. Yeah, that's so awesome. You know, he's an amazing guy. And when he started and he wanted to take this thing serious, he said, I want, you know, I'm, I want to come and train with you and with the people that you're helping one-on-one. And I said to him, you need anyone who you're hanging out with right now who's encouraging you out to come, come and eat rubbish, come and drink and then go eat rubbish. I said, if you want to be with, hang around with us, that's gone. You've got to cut them. Yeah. You know, as hard as it may seem. And if they're your real friends, they'll understand and still be there for you. you know, they don't have to be on the journey with you, but they still just got to understand, you know. So surround yourself with people that only want the best that are going to lift you up. And the last, the last point is don't make excuses. You know, I believe in that so much. It's tattooed on my back. It's on It's on the bloody, um, you know, massive wall on my building. No excuses. Yeah. Never, ever let excuses get in the way because, you know, that just got to... And, and the way you do that is finding your why. If you have a strong why, it'll be stronger than any excuse, you know, and it's just too easy to say no and give up. You've, it's only, only, the, only the strong can get up and keep going. Yeah. I've been, um, not even for weight loss, but since I've been following your journey and I knew we were going to talk on here um, I've been going through like my own hard time like um, going through depression and stuff and I keep thinking of that no excuses because yeah. for me I grew up with my mum who has got her own mental illness and um, for me I'm just like I'm stronger than her I don't suffer as hard as she does and I just keep thinking of that no excuses mm. like I've got no excuses to get up and help myself and yeah. try hard each time so that I can break it for my children yeah and all that but yeah I'm grateful for your for what you're doing and just your example and I agree with everything that you said and thank you very much for coming on here and it, yeah it's been cool oh, cool thank you very much and yeah. uh, God bless and yeah you too let's, uh, let's take over the world yeah this is this is the, the, the changing lanes podcast you giving me the best best best, best. Polynesian, Polynesian. we talk about anything and everything